don't put so much pressure on your life to have it look the way you thought it was going to look and understand that you're getting everything that you really need right now. Welcome to the Big Kid Problems Podcast, based on the comedic social channel all about not wanting to be an adult. I'm your host, Sarah Merrill, the writer, creator, and pretty normal human behind the popular Instagram, Twitter, blog, and now podcast, Big Kid Problems. So I've spent the last almost decade making jokes about navigating the adult world. And as I've gotten older, I've realized that no matter what your age is, we all have big kid problems. We're all just trying to figure it out. And you know what? That's okay. So each week, we're going to take a funny yet informative look at a specific struggle or big kid problem, if you will. Then we'll break it down with a rotating cast of comedians, personalities, and experts to actually give us the tools and resources to help us solve our big kid problem of the week. From love and relationships, money, career, physical and mental health, bad decisions, and just general life responsibilities, nothing is off limits. So thank you so much for joining me as we navigate adulthood together. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey guys, welcome back to another week and another brand new episode of the Big Kid Problems podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Merrill, the writer and creator of the funny Big Kid Problems Instagram, Twitter, blog, and obviously now podcast. Welcome to the show. Guys, I am very excited about this week's episode. This is kind of a follow-up to one of my most popular episodes of all time, which was Toxic Friendships. I mean, seriously, that episode I still get messages about pretty much weekly. So if you haven't listened to it yet, it's episode 51, highly suggest. But in that episode, we talked a lot about being betrayed in friendships or relationships and when you need to cut the cord with people. And today, we're taking things a step further and actually talking about the steps towards moving on and learning to forgive. The thing is, we've all been wronged in our lives. Like we've been disappointed, betrayed, let down by people who we care about. And it can really, really have an effect on us. I mean, I can tell you right now, I'm actually in it right now. Like I recently had a pretty bad friendship breakup. And I mean like taking someone out of your wedding bad. Like it's been devastating. And I've gone through so many emotions about it. I've tried to understand it and I've tried to move on. But honestly, it's freaking hard. And I want to forgive, but I also feel really wronged in this situation. And it's been hard to let it go, to be honest. And I'm sure so many of you have experienced something like this, you know, where somebody hurts you or betrays you. And honestly, you can eat you alive. Like it can keep you up at night. It can hog your thoughts. What's that quote that's like, resentment is like drinking poison and waiting for the other person to die? I mean, it's the truth. Letting go of resentments and learning to forgive is so important, but it's also way easier said than done. That's why I had to track down our guest this week to help us out. Life coach and host of the Heal, Survive, Thrive podcast, Stephanie Lynn is in the house to help us move on and learn to forgive. 
So Stephanie not only helps thousands of people move on from portrayals, but she's also someone who's been there. I mean, she's recovered from infidelity and divorce. So she knows what's up. And I mean, we really get into it today. We talk about why this stuff hurts so deep, how to put things into perspective, boundaries, healing, and most importantly, how to freaking let go. Some of us hold on to bitterness and resentment for years, and that kind of negativity can almost become a crutch and keep us from forming new and better relationships. So truly, learning to forgive in a lot of ways is the best gift we can give ourselves. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and get as much out of it as I did. Take a screenshot and post this on your Insta story or maybe send this to a few friends who might need it. I mean, this is such a universal issue and one I know a lot of people need help with, myself included. So I hope you guys enjoy this one. Sit back, relax, and we will be right back. Real quick, what would you do if I said you could lower your stress by 32% in a month's time or be 28% less sad in just 10 days? Seems like a no-brainer, right? Well, what if you could also increase your focus, get better sleep, and overall just improve your mood? Well, I'm here to tell you it's possible with Headspace. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations and an easy-to-use app. Whatever the situation, Headspace really can help you feel better. I mean, overwhelmed? Headspace has a three-minute SOS meditation for you. Replaying an argument over and over again and can't fall asleep? Headspace has wind-down sessions their members swear by. And for parents, Headspace even has morning meditations you can do with your kids. Guys, especially as we get ready to talk about forgiveness, Headspace is just another great tool in the toolbox you can use if you're feeling hurt, angry, upset, and need to calm those nerves. I know meditation has been so helpful for me, but even after doing it for a couple years, I still have moments when my thoughts are racing or when I can't get a situation out of my head. That's why I love the guided meditations through Headspace. It really helps me stay on track and keep my mind from racing while I'm trying to get in that moment of Zen. And that's the beauty of Headspace. They make it easy for you to build a life-changing meditation practice with mindfulness that works for you on your schedule, anytime, anywhere. And is one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. It's backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads. You deserve to feel happier and Headspace is meditation made simple. Go to headspace.com slash big kid. That's headspace.com slash big kid for a free one month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal offered right now. So head to headspace.com slash big kid today. All right, guys. Welcome back to the Big Kid Problem Podcast. I'm joined now with Stephanie Lynn. She's in the house today talking all about forgiveness. What a topic. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm so excited. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited to have you here. I have to tell you how I found you. It's kind of a funny story. A, a random <laughs> at 11 o'clock at night, Tuesday, Google search. Literally. Well, <laughs> That's I, usually what I hear. I was... I was in from not even for the show, like for my own personal life. I was like Googling like how to forgive because I'm in a situation right now where I am pretty angry, pretty hurt. And I'm like, I know that this is like a terrible 
emotion to go through. So I was like, for my own personal self, like YouTubing. I mean, like how <laughs> how ridiculous is this time of life where I'm like, how to forgive somebody? Um, and anyway, your video popped right up and I started like watching your videos and I'm like, oh, I have to get you on the show. So thank you so much hey. for coming on. Yeah, no, absolutely. How long have you been um, a life coach? I started the business in 2017. I had went through a really bad divorce. I became, I was a single mom. Um, and I started the business and I actually, you know, I was working on my own self. I was going to therapy. I was doing my thing. I had hired a coach like years ago, more of like a corporate coach. And I remember I was working at a corporate job after my divorce. I went back to work. And a girl that I worked with, she was like, you know, and I'm working on myself. I'm watching the YouTube videos. I'm doing my thing. I'm trying to like, live my best life and like learn what that means and forgive and go through all those processes of you know going through a divorce. And I remember this woman said to me, she's like, you would be a great therapist. And I was like, uh, no. I was like, I don't think I could sit there all day long and do this. And I said, but I think I could actually coach people. And I remember I went to court one day and going back and forth on some things. And I remember I sat there and there was another woman near me and she was actually getting divorced. When you get divorced, you're in the courtroom with everyone. And unfortunately, I have to do this intimate thing in front of complete strangers. And she was sitting there and she was upset and she was crying. And I just felt like compelled to just help her. You know what I mean? Like I'd already gone through that process. So I knew what it was. And then we sat there and we kind of had like a quick chat. And then her attorney actually took her into the courtroom. And so I was sitting there watching this woman get divorced. And I remember after she walked away, when it was over, you know, she's got tears in her eyes. She's going through this process. She found me and she looked at me and she just whispered, thank you. And I think in that moment, I was like, oh, I can do this. I'm like, I would so want to do this and help women um, and men. But and I remember my attorney actually looked at me and she was like, you would be a great divorce coach. And I was like, <gasps> again, again, no, no, I don't want to just talk about that. Um, and it just kind of evolved. And so I started the business in 2017. And then I started my YouTube channel and it just kind of gone from there. Yeah, I have to say, like, I love your approach. Like, you're just, you you just speak in such a way that's like easy to understand and easy to process and break things down so effortlessly. So I I, I love that because sometimes I'll listen to other people and I'm like, wait, this is too woo woo, yeah, or whatever it is. And I I like your it's too, and I like the, you know, I'm an I'm a normal person and I'm spiritual. And I'm a girly girl. Like, so I always try to just, I've always tried to just straight up be myself and just connect with women on the level. And I look at it this way I just try to be me, and whoever vibes with this will find me. And whoever vibes with Sue will find Sue. And so you're just trying to find the group of women that kind of um, jive with what you're going through and what you're talking about. And yeah, just keep it really simple. I remember watching videos being like, Oh my God, why does this have to be so complicated? I'm just learning basic stuff. So just, yeah, break it down into simple life terms. Yeah. Speaking of which, I really, I am very excited for our topic today because we're talking about forgiveness. Mm -hmm. This is something that comes up a lot. I always get a lot of requests to do an episode around this. And it's a tough, I mean, it's a tough one, you know, like I think, Mm It seems like such a basic concept, but in practice, it can be really, really hard. I think we all have been wronged before. We've all been betrayed in different various relationships. It can be a friendship. It can be a really, you know, an actual love relationship. It can be at work, mm-hmm. you know, like we've we've all been wronged and it can be really hard to process. And um, I, you know, I love that quote that's like, you know, they say resentment is like taking poison and waiting for the other person to die. <laughs> uh, this stuff stews within us. 
And I so I think it's so important to uh, learn how to forgive. And I'm I'm curious, like to just even get started, you know, why do you what do you what do you think that that does to us when we've been wronged, when we've been hurt, and we're carrying this in us? Like, what is physically happening? I mean, it depends on the person, but I think at the end of the day, whether it's stress, anxiety, losing ten pounds, like whatever you want, or you're gaining ten pounds, or just waking up and living a shitty life. You know what I mean? Like just your energy's off. Like I think obviously it does so much for you physically, but it's more of like the mental stuff. And I think there's so many layers to forgiveness. And unfortunately, we're not taught this stuff. And so because we weren't taught, okay, well, what are these layers and what does it look like? And we think it's supposed to like, okay, I forgive you and that's it. And it doesn't work like that. And especially when you have to see the person continuously, um, it's it's a practice and it ebbs and flows. And I think you have to like constantly re-forgive. And especially when someone's in your life and maybe they're, I don't want to say continuing to wrong you because then that becomes a matter of public boundaries and that and standards. But you know, how do you keep practicing this art of forgiveness, right? And and the whole poison quote because it always comes back to yourself at the end of the day. It doesn't matter what someone kind of piles in front of your doorstep, what mess they created or whatever they dropped on you. It's on your doorstep now, and now it's something that you have to deal with and you have to tend to. So that accountability with the fact that like I am pissed off or I do feel this way or I am upset, just owning that and not putting that on other people to apologize, to save you, etc. I mean, it's a huge thing. It kind of has to start with that. Yeah. It's so... I mean, I like what you just said. Like, I think... When we're kids, we're taught that you know forgiveness is just like a Band-Aid you rip off. And it's like, oh, I forgive you. And it's all over. And you know, I think in reality, it's so much deeper than that. It, it, like you said, it is a process. It does take time. Like It's not like I can just say, okay, I forgive you and everything's roses. I know, I mean, even in just my most recent experience, because I'm like, I'm currently going through a process where I am trying to forgive. Um, <laughs> I... I'm really hurt and like deeply like I and I, I'm amazed at how much you know a feeling of betrayal can really affect your life like just mm. because it's so fresh for me I'm like it's been keeping me up at night um you know I'm having trouble sleeping it's like taking up so many of my thoughts you know I, I usually mm. uh, put so much energy into like what I'm working on and like creating mm-hmm. good things in my life and I'm amazed at how how often I catch myself like thinking about the situation, thinking about how I've been wronged. And it's just icky. Like I hate that like icky, gross feeling of just like this negativity like swirling around me. It's exhausting. Yeah. I think people want to make sense of things that, you know, my aunt said to me once, she she always says these random like tidbits and they just kind of stay with me. And, you know, we've heard this before, but she said, you can't make sense out of nonsense. And like, you have to kind of like understand that. And I think a lot of times we want to control situations. We want to understand why things happen the way they did. And, you know, and when you can't control it and you can't understand it, you probably sometimes immediately go into like self blame. And then it becomes, well, like, what did I do wrong to cause this? And like, it, it comes to that place. Again, control. Hmm. I can't control you, then I can control me. And so I can blame me. But yeah, I think that the energy around it obviously sucks and we don't want to live it. And sometimes we have to live in the mucky water for a second, you know, in in order for us to kind of like self-reflect and really, you know, self-reflection and understanding, okay, maybe it's not just this person that and what they did. It's all like the stuff behind me in my past. It's also coming to the forefront, whether it's trusting of people or what have you. 
usually when we're forgiving a situation that has just happened to us, we're usually trying to also figure out, well, why did, again, why did this happen? And, and, and that kind of, like I said, self-reflection. Yeah. Uh, that's definitely, that's definitely real. Um, and you're right. I think it does bring up so many other things. Like I know in my situation, I'm like, oh, like this has happened to me before. And mm. I'm like, oh God, you know, wondering why, why I keep getting into these situations um, and friendships. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. The self-blame is real. I'm like, I'm like, I'm somebody who likes to observe. Like I created this podcast really like as observing things like, go, you know, going through life and trying to make sense of of uh, all of this stuff. So I've really, you know, I I may be even overanalyzing it, but um, I, you know, I obviously want to get into the process of like how to forgive. But before we do, mm. I, why do you think it is so hard for us to forgive? Ego, really. I think ego and a lack of knowledge of what it actually means to forgive and the benefit of it. Like if I told you that by you really working on your own self and working on forgiveness and learning and learning just what it means, quite frankly, and understanding the process of it. But if I told you by doing this, you then can have what you want, which is I don't want to sit in this monkey water. I don't want to feel this negative energy, even learning lessons. You know what I mean? Like, how can I learn a lesson from this? How can I get better? Like, did I have poor boundaries? Did I not have good standards? How did I get into this situation? So there is self-reflection. It doesn't mean we have to say, what did I do wrong? It just means like, how can I learn from this experience? And that's what we're supposed to be doing in life is learning from each experience, each person, no matter what good they give us or what bad they give us. You know, A lot of the memories you have and who you are is a factor of how you were raised and people that influenced you probably in a good way. But you're also who you are based on the negative things. So the, how can I... How can you learn from this experience? The reason why it's so hard is because I think people, like I said, if I could tell you that by you doing this, you're going to get to a place where you learn the lesson, where you're growing, um, where this could possibly not happen to you again, but I can't say for sure because I'm not God. And hell, even if it does happen to you again, that at least you know more than you did then and you'll be at a different place. But if I could show you the sun, then you wouldn't fight this so bad. You know, Then it becomes a matter of habitual not wanting to forgive. I don't want to just say ignorance, but again, the, the, the ego. The ego is just in the way, really. Yeah. When you talk about, you know, because I do think there are some of us who, you know, maybe it's like a, somebody who's been cheated on multiple times or, you know, have gone through this a couple of times. Like I, I saw mm. this, I saw this quote recently. I think it was Gabri- Gabrielle Bernstein where she was saying something like, you know, um, the universe gives you lessons and you can either choose to accept your lesson or you can postpone it. But those are the only two options. So like you're either like facing something head on or you're just going to keep getting this situation over and over again. And I know in my experience, because I'm talking like for me, this is like a friendship situation for me. Mm -hmm. And I've Mm -hmm. now had multiple of the same friendship issue show up over and over again in Mm -hmm. different packages how do you begin? Because like you said, you just said, you're like, you can learn from this. Like this should be a Mm. learning experience. Like how can you begin to... Because I'm like, how did I miss this again? You know, I'm like, Mm, mm -hmm, how mm -hmm. how can you break this down and really like learn from it so that you don't keep repeating the same freaking problem? Well, I think two things. I think number one, what is your standard for what a friendship should be in your life or a relationship in general? So that really is going to determine what you're willing to tolerate. My standards here. And now look, at the end of the day, if someone after 20 years wants to decide to be an asshole and you know what I mean? And betray you or 
talk about you or leave you or cheat on you, they're going to do what they're going to do. So we don't have control over other people. And I don't think that's something that you can like quote prepare for by like making sure that I didn't see these red flags or how can I avoid pain? I think pain is just part of life. The lesson is by the self-reflection, like what is there something I could have done to not avoid it, but what can I learn from this? You know, like even the person that's cutting you at your knees and leaves you after 20 years or whatever hurts you in such a way that you're like, wow, I could never in a million years thought that you would be this person. But what can we learn from it? It doesn't mean that what I'm learning is to not trust people or to have, you know, it might be to have higher standards in terms of what my friendships look like or relationships look like, or maybe not to just give myself to everyone so quickly and so easily. It kind of depends on the person. You know, for me, learning the lessons of these experiences that you go through, I think what sucks is people aren't really honest with themselves because they don't really want to do the work. They don't really want to look at themselves. Like when I look at my life and my situation, for me, I trust everyone right off the bat. You know, I'm an empath, I'm highly sensitive. So, like, I believe in the good of people. I live in a bubble of like, this doesn't happen. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, this isn't how people operate. And that's just, that's naive, childlike thinking. It's not an adult who's healthy in life. You know what I mean? And that doesn't mean that we go into life and we put up walls, but it does mean there should be a level of healthiness that says, while I want to think that Sarah's a nice person, I still have to build that with her. And then over time, as we build trust and we gain this friendship or whatever, even if you betray me, that I understand why you did what you did on some levels. And I know how to take care of myself where I don't take what you did on where it kind of like takes me down. And either I'm bitter or I'm angry and I can't just like let it go. Mm. Because by letting it go and like really practicing forgiveness means that I value myself and my happiness more than I want to stay stuck in this cycle. And this is where I think habitual just going around in the hamster wheel really plays a huge factor in most people because they're a little unconscious and they're not aware of like, I actually have a choice to move on from this and not try to like understand everything as black and white, just to bring more peace to the situation. I mean, I never thought in a million years, if you would have asked me 20 years ago, you know, I've been through dealing with an affair and a divorce and things like that. If you would have ever asked me 20 years ago that if someone would have cheated on me that I ever would have spoken to them again, it would have been an instant no. Like, how dare you? Like never again, you know, all that stuff. But... And you know, and there are married couples that share children and they don't want to speak to each other because an affair has come in the way or someone's really angry and bitter by what someone did to them. But I think it's a choice to, I want my happiness means more to me than what someone else does to me, period, point blank. Mm. You said something too that I thought was just really interesting where you said, you know, people's actions, like the, the reason that they betrayed you isn't always, it doesn't have anything to do with you some of the times. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of us, when we've been betrayed, we take it so, so personally. And maybe it's just mm -hmm. like the other person's shit. Because of, e well, of ego, you know, like could... And it's not to say that I didn't play a factor in my relationship, right? Like with all of us, like it takes two to tango, no matter if it's friendship, work relationship, family relationship, intimate relationship, it takes two to tango. So am I perfect? No. Do I justify... Did the behavior, did what someone do to me have a, a reflection on what I brought to the table? No, because even if I'm in an intimate relationship and I'm the most 
horrible, horrible person in the world to you, you still have a choice. So your choice is on you. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, so now it becomes a matter of character versus and doing the right thing versus doing the wrong thing. And like you said, just being a straight up shitty person. <laughs> yeah. I would love to get into like how to actually like go through the motions, like grieve the betrayal, get mm-hmm. to forgiveness. Because like we said, it's not just a band-aid you can rip off. It's something that's going to take some time. Like what, what are your, some of your recommendations to get there? Well, I think first off, most people when they're betrayed, yeah, they're hurt, but I think they quickly mask hurt with anger. So anger, bitterness, frustration, whatever that it is, that kind of always lives at the forefront, but you kind of have to get to the core of what it is that you're actually feeling. So any anger that you experience is really sadness slash disappointment. So if you're angry at the guy that flipped you off, you're not sad. You know what I mean? But you're disappointed that this person behaved in the way that they did. There was an expectation that people don't react in that way, right? So I think when our expectations aren't met and someone betrays us or quote, does the wrong thing in terms of our eyes, we feel this like anger, but really what it is is sadness and frustration. So especially when it's like the intimate relationships and the relationships that mean a lot to us where we're really severely hurt and betrayed, I think it's kind of settling into a little bit of that disappointment and sadness that you feel. And most people don't really want to feel that because they fear feeling sad or they fear... Not that they fear it. They just... I mean, who the hell wants to sit there and cry all day? You know, No one really wants to experience that, but it's a part of life. And you have to learn how to process feelings in a healthy way. Meaning, I'm going to sit here and feel what I need to feel. And I think where people don't want to do that is because then they get... they fear getting stuck in a space, right? I don't want to stay there forever. And so they just don't go there at all. Mm. Or if they go there, they go there too long and they can't get themselves out of it. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? I feel like, uh, I mean, that's interesting that the anger is masking something else because that was like my overruling emotion, I would say. Like I was so angry. To a point where, I mean, you know, they say like there's a grieving process, you know, like the grief process is like anger is one of those steps. Like, yeah. Will you just naturally move from anger to the thing or do you actually have to like do the work? I think it ebbs and flows. I think, but again, I think it depends on how conscious you are. So I can think of people in my own life. I'm sure you could probably do the same and everyone listening can probably think of one person where they just stay in anger. Mm. right? Mm -hmm. They're just pissed off. They're angry. Their ego is 100% in the way and they can't settle into sadness. Because sadness is like really connecting with your inner self. It's connecting with like the heart space. Whereas the ego is just like mind and thought and you wronged me and this is right and wrong and all that kind of stuff. So that's not you being a strong, healthy person. Being a strong and healthy person is to say, okay, yes, I feel this, but what I really feel is this. And trying to like learn how to have a relationship with yourself where you can find that safe space where you can just like let go. You know, think about like whenever you're, think about a time where you felt something uncomfortable and you started getting teary eyed and you wanted to just like feel it, but there was something in you that was stopping yourself. And the minute someone hugged you and embraced you, you broke down. Mm. You felt a safe space, Mm -hmm. right? So being able to like do that for yourself either, you know, or with friends or whatever, but really most important relationship is ourselves is to being able to do that with yourself, to give yourself the space, the safe space of understanding that I'm actually not angry. I'm sad. But again, I think part of it is, is education. Like you don't, no one knows that, okay, when I'm feeling anger, it's really this and it's just masking that. So 
to me, that was like, aha, uh-huh. <laughs> like that was such an aha uh-huh moment. Where I was like, I guess I'm not really upset. I'm really just hurt. And that's what I need to sit in a little bit more and kind of like examine that. Two things that really helped me when and when I was in my most angry, like cannot sleep because I'm having like arguments in my head. Two things that really helped me was like physical activity. Like my fiance is like, you need to go to kickboxing. Like you need to go punch some shit. Like I literally, <laughs> I actually came up with an idea where I was like, I want to create, you know how they have like escape rooms? Like that's like an activity yeah. people do. I'm like, I want to create like a smash room where you can go into a room and like, throw plates against the wall and smash it. amazing. Because I was so fucking angry. So anyway, I started going to kickboxing and I swear Mm. to God, it helped so much like punching. Like I would literally like in in the class, like envision this person and me just like knocking them (laughs) out. And it helped. Like it really helped like physically getting it out. Look, I, I mean, the negative energy that you feel from what you've been through, like, you're human. Like that's a natural thing. Like I think what makes someone healthy is understanding like, all right, look, I I got this shit and I need to get it out. Like, and that doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to sit in my room and cry all day. It means a multitude of things. I always tell people like self-care is about learning like what works for me in order to help me through life. Mm -hmm. Right. So what I do, what you do may not be what someone else does. It may be, you know, it might be, but maybe it's not. So for me, you, you want to kickbox for me, I just, I'm going to get on an elliptical or I'm going to lift some weights and I'm going to, you know, but for someone else, it could look like something different. So it's about kind of like understanding like what works for me to help me through fear, stress, sadness, depression, da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are kind of like your emergency, it's your emergency kit, really. Like what, what are the tools that only work for me um, that can help me? And, and sometimes it's, you know, like you said, working out can help anyone. We know that the benefit of physical exercise. But yeah, you got to get rid of the anger and it can't just be having an internal therapy session all the time. Yeah. I'd say that really helped. And then also like writing, just like free writing. Like I always, I talk about it on this podcast all the time. I mean, like that's like one of my tools, but like in case it helps anybody, like I just literally sat there with an open notebook and I'm like, all right, let's break this down. Why am I so mad? What's going on? Because I feel like once you start scribbling away, like stuff just kind of comes out. Because sometimes it can be hard to just sit in your own head with this stuff and putting it to paper, I think, I think really helps. I always tell people, for my clients, I tell them if you, because I always talk about this process of it's called self parenting. It's basically the process of having like an inner conversation with yourself. And you're right, like what you just said, sometimes it's hard to like, there's too much going on and you got to be able to like clear the desk for a minute and like figure out what the hell's going on, what do I feel, et cetera. I always say, and I'm not a huge journaler, but when I have done it is when there's too much going on in the mind and I have to kind of get a little bit of clarity on like what I feel, what I want, what am I bothered, whatever, right? Like what's going on inside that I don't feel good. Because the point, we're supposed to always be feeling at least content, maybe not over the moon and joy because you don't want to have high highs and low lows, but you want to just be like coasting and feeling good. And so by journaling, and like you said, I just go to town and vomit at the mouth, basically. That process, if you do that and you write all that down, if you take a minute and just move away from that for a second and you came back to it an hour later and you read it, you would feel a sense of clarity because you've detached. Because hmm. as you were writing, you were emotionally in it. Yeah. And you were just like letting it all out. And the minute you can like step aside and like just get in a different space, whether you're distracting yourself or whatever, when you come back to it and you read it, you read it as your therapist, your coach, your best friend. And the reason why the coach, the therapist, and the best friend can always give the best advice is because they're not in it 
emotionally with you. They're on the outside. So that exercise is you being able to kind of move away or you know disengage a little bit from the mind to gain clarity on a situation. I love that. Look at you. You're your own therapist. You didn't even know. I know. Well, I've actually never (laughs) gone back and read it. Like, I think that's actually a really, really good piece of advice. And that's, this is actually okay. So, this is where I stop. This is like as far as I've gotten in my journey is like, okay, I've written the shit out. I know what I'm feeling. I know why I'm feeling that way. But like, I still can't actually get to the point of forgiveness. So, I'd love to continue on and and get Mm -hmm. us there. Help us get Mm -hmm. there. So here's the thing. Forgiveness literally has to be a decision that you make to not want to stay in a, in a cycle. That's it. Yeah. I mean, I can say that all day. I'm like, I don't want to be... I don't want to feel this way. I really don't. Right, right. But then the practice becomes every time your mind wants to go to a space of not wanting to forgive or not wanting to let go, you have to consciously be aware that it's doing that to you, right? Because then you become addicted or in a habit of doing it mm. versus really still... Now, if you still feel anger or sadness or whatever it is, then that's still something that you have to work through. That's why they say forgiveness is a process. It's going to ebb and flow. So if you still feel any bit of sadness or anger or something there, then that's something that you still have to work through. And by working through it could be, I got to go to the gym. I got to vent this out. I got to have a cry. So it becomes a matter of like, being able to emotionally feel what I need to feel, but then logically making sure that I don't stay there and getting myself out of that space. The more you do that, you will, over time, not feel the same way. You just won't. And again, also, you have to put your own happiness first. Meaning, yes, you say you don't want to be stuck, but on some levels, you're still addicted to the cycle. Maybe because you're not there yet, meaning you haven't fully forgive, you haven't fully gone through the process, you know, it t- and it can take years. I'm not, who knows the time frame, but there does come a period. I'm sure we all know this person too, where they're still upset. Yeah. And it's like, you know what I mean? Like you, and, but they're, but they're not really angry anymore. They're just addicted to holding this person accountable. Now, if you have someone in your life and they are continuously hurting or disappointing, then you're going to continuously be having to forgive over and over again. So you're over the first betrayal, but now they keep disappointing. And now you're working on this next one and this next one and this next one. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think this is where I'm getting stuck, to be honest. So I... Because I think there's a there's there's like this mystery piece that I'm missing where it's like, mm. okay, I'm doing the work. I'm going through my feelings. I am, you know, when I start to feel negatively, I try to take myself out. But, okay, so here's the thing. I'm like, I'm doing, like, I feel like a lot of us who maybe have gone through a betrayal, we go through all of this stuff. We're working at it. We're working at it. And then the other person isn't doing shit. And it's infuriating. It's infuriating. As you were talking, I was like, she's going to go to the person. I know she's going to go to the person. But then it becomes so frustrating because you're like, I'm going through all of this pain and all of this hurt. And then you like, the other person doesn't seem to give a shit. And it almost like reignites this anger all over again. Yeah, 100%. Because there is something in the ego that says either you should suffer or you should acknowledge. Mm -hmm. Right? And that's where we want the apology or we want the recognition. Or we want you to just own it. Or yeah. we want you to straight up just suffer. I mean, that could be a thing too. You know what I mean? Like, probably more so than the other. I don't need the apology. Just let me see you suffer, please. Yeah. <laughs> I want you to go through as much pain as you cause me. As me. Exactly. Like, you know, here's the thing with pain though is, you know, first off, everyone's at different levels. 
So she or he or whoever is probably not at the same level in the journey of their existence or whatever you want to call it, whatever spirituality you want to use here, but they're not in the same level as you. And so they're not trying to learn a lesson on why they did what they did, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like, because if what they did had nothing to do with you, wouldn't they want to learn, well, why did I cheat? Well, why did I lie? Well, why did I betray? Well, why did I talk shit? Like, why? Like, that requires me to self reflect and evolve as a human being. And P.S., not everyone wants to do that. So, if they don't want to learn their own lessons on why they hurt someone the way they did, but you, you're trying to learn the lesson on dealing with the hurt, you're going to learn a lesson and evolve and grow and become better and happier because you're going to learn the process of happiness and letting go. And that shit you got to learn in life because it's going to happen again. And they're still going to be making the same mistakes. Right. I know you've been talking about being betrayed or hurt today. And honestly, that shit will keep you up at night. So if you need a better night's sleep, it's time to upgrade your life with a Helix mattress. Helix was awarded the number one best overall mattress pick of 2020 by GQ and Wired Magazine. And what makes people go crazy for these is that they actually match your body type and sleep preferences to find the perfect mattress for you. Everybody's unique. So they have several different mattress models to choose from like soft, medium, and firm mattresses. Mattress is great for cooling you down if you sleep hot. And even a Helix Plus mattress for our plus size folks. My fiance and I took the Helix quiz. We both have totally different sleep styles. Like I sleep on my side and stomach and Brandon sleeps on his back like a weirdo. And we were honestly so perplexed on what mattress to get and what would work for both of us. So I love that this little handy dandy two minute Helix quiz took the guesswork out of it and just paired us with the midnight luck style. We're both sleeping better, disturbing each other less. And really the only problem is that it's so freaking comfortable that it's actually hard to get out of that thing in the morning. Like I've gotten really bad at sleeping through my alarms recently and it's kind of a problem. I also just love the convenience of Helix. I mean, your mattress is shipped right to your door, faux free. So there's no need to ever visit a mattress store again. They have a 10-year warranty and you get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick up your mattress for you if you don't completely love it. So, I mean, you really can't lose. So if you're ready to start getting a better night's sleep, just go to helixsleep.com slash big kid. Take their two-minute sleep quiz and they'll match you to a customized mattress ASAP. No more tossing and turning. Hallelujah. Oh, and Helix has a special offer just for our listeners. They are offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows at helixsleep.com slash big kid. Guys, beds are expensive, so take advantage of this awesome discount. Again, just head to helixsleep.com slash big kid today and get ready for your best night's sleep yet. So let's say you have somebody like that in your life, like, and this is how I typically handle things. I don't know if this is right, but I mean, for me, I'm like, I'm just gonna cut this person out. Like, I'm like, if you're if you've hurt me at this level, you know, I'm like, I don't want you in my life. And Mm -hmm. can you still forgive somebody and not and do that at the same time? Be like, I don't want to be friends with you, but I am also going to forgive you and not be friends with you. Like, I feel like if you're not letting them back into your life, you're still kind of holding that resentment. 
Well, yes and no. I hear you, but it's not as black and white in that as that because it's a matter. And again, it, it comes a matter of respect and boundaries and standards. So if you hurt me, there's going to be a new standard that's put into play. And then over time, I'll see if you can meet that standard to not be the asshole that you were, <laughs> that you once were, basically. You know what I mean? Like, so if that's met, then we can coexist and I can forgive you and you can be in my life. If I'm upset with you and I forgive you, but I just, I don't feel you're a person that I want in my life based on who you are and your character, then no, then it's fine. You cannot have someone in your life. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, so in my situation, I have no choice but to have a person in my life because I share a child with this person. So in that sense, my happiness and my son's happiness and how I want to feel. And I also don't want to have, I don't want anyone to ever have control over me. Mm-hmm. And I heard someone once say, you know, they were this video and the woman was saying, I've forgiven this person. I'm so over it. And the person, the guy looked at her and he goes, but you're not because every time, every time this person enters the room, you change your energy. And I was like, ooh, <laughs> like that just like got me so bad because I was like, you're right. Like I can say forgive, but when you walk in the room, my energy changes. Like either I'm, I'm still like, eh, fuck her. You know what I mean? Or, oh, whatever. I don't care about this person. Or, oh, she's a what, There's something going on in the mind. So until I can kind of be completely, it takes a lot of work and, and control in order to, you know, in the moment when that person walks in to just not have them control your energy and your state. Yeah. But that's what I mean when I always say like, this is a practice. This is not just like, okay, forgive you and bye and we can coexist. Right. It's so funny. I just had um, I just had Shep Rose on the podcast from Southern mm-hmm. Charm. I don't know if you watch Southern Charm. Yeah, yeah. But he said this, he said this and I was like, whoa. He was like, I never want to be in a situation where I walk into a restaurant and I, ha- I see somebody like and have like a, that gross interaction where it's like, Ooh, I, I, they don't want to see me. I don't want to see them. And I was like, ooh, I have a couple of those where I'm like, you know, it's the same thing. I'm like, I know if I saw them, like I would still, I would still, like you said, like my whole energy would change. So how do you get there? Like, how do you get to that point where you can like be okay in the presence of someone? Well, I mean, I think it takes understanding. This is where this could be a little bit more logical than emotional. Like, if you have an understanding as to why someone does what they do, like a full understanding, not just like, oh, I get it. Like she's got a daddy issue or this happened to them when they were little. Like, no, but like really at the core of like us being humans, connecting with each other, can you see why someone did what they did? If you can say, yes, I understand why this person did what they did, then you have to understand that they're human, they're going to mess up. And that even though it had to do with me, it wasn't about me. And yeah, I got dealt this hand but I'm in a good space and I'm over it. That if I see you in a restaurant, not that I'm going to sit near you and have a glass of wine and have a conversation, but I could 100% walk past you as I'm going to the bathroom and just tap you on the shoulder and say, hey, how are you? Hmm. That's something- you know what I mean? Because again, that's my energy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think that it more so has to do with my energy and me being happy and content and at peace versus wanting to purposely not go up to someone that I used to have a relationship with or used to have a friendship with or or what have you. Is that something you can like fake it till you make it? Like would you recommend if you know someone was in that situation where they're still in an awkward situation with somebody but they're you know they happen to be in a 
public place and they're there, like, would you say, don't ignore and like stay in that ickiness, like just address it and like go up to the person? I think you could fake it till you make it. But I think when you fake it, it's not because you're faking it and it's not something that is organic. And, you know, you're not sitting in like true authenticity. You're doing something that you don't really maybe want to do, but you're going to do it. Um, I think after it's done, then you're going to deal with some mucky water. Something's going to come up, right? So so what's going to come up? Is it going to be, she's still a bitch. I'm still upset by what he did. I can't believe he did that to you. Or what? there's going to be a story that comes up. So the story is what you're going to have to like kind of tend to and deal with. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I, and I see what you're saying too. It's not necessarily like faking it till you make it, but just knowing like, okay, I can I can say hello to them. And this is like, mm. this is for me, actually. This is this towards is my you. growth. Yep. And like, and but that's the thing is like everything is for you. So if you look, I'm so glad you said that because if you look at it from that space, then why do I want to stay in this space? And again, black and white, uh, this is not black and white, it's gray. So there are going to be days where the old you is going to fight you on it. And it's going to say, no, like screw that person. Like they did this, whatever. So it's going to want to pull you back to like old habits. There has to be a part of you, whether it's a loving part of you, whether it's, you know, the goodness in you that understands like, look, they're not healthy. Like, let's just be real. You know what I mean? Like, they're not okay. Like, they shouldn't have done this and they don't want to learn the lesson. And who am I to like hold you accountable? Like, I don't care. Don't learn the lesson. You're going to do it again with someone else at another time and in another way. And that's on you. I'm just trying to learn my lesson, which is learning how to like let go and forgive. And it's probably one of the biggest life lessons you can learn. Yeah. So do you think that is like the big overreaching thing here? Like I'm, I'm trying to give somebody like a step-by-step to getting to a good place. So, you know, you're recognizing your emotions. You are, you're doing it for you. I mean, you're just basically like working your own internal like thermostat. I would say understand what you're feeling. So when I'm angry, what am I really feeling? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I would say learning how to, when you do sit in sadness, sit in it, but learn how to get yourself out of it. Don't stay there for too long either. Mm -hmm. Understanding why someone did what they did, really and truly. Like, you know what I mean? And then this isn't about like not feeling hurt because we understand that he's crazy. (laughs) You know what I mean? Or he's unhealthy. We don't need to do that. But we can understand why people are the way they are, why they did what they did. We cannot take it personally please don't take it personally. Like that's probably like one of the biggest things. And then choosing to get off the hamster wheel. Yeah. So when you call your girlfriend and you're bitching about something that just happened, okay, it's raw, it's real, it's fresh. You got to get it out 100%. But the next day, do you still need to bitch or are you doing it now because you're in a habit of it? Yeah. Because the habit of it becomes that person having control over you. Mm -hmm. And for me... I always say, look, we all have egos. Use your ego for good. Meaning don't allow anyone to have that kind of control over you and your happiness and your thoughts and your mind. Yes. I'm so glad you brought that up. Um, That's like a situation I was just recently in where, you know, I've obviously had this like huge falling out with a friend and another girlfriend came to me and she's like, oh my God, this girl just did the exact same thing to me. Like she betrayed me and like wanted to bitch to me about it and like talk Mm -hmm. about it. And I was like, in the beginning of this, like I wanted to talk about it. I wanted to process it. I had all this anger. I'm like, now I'm like, I don't want to go back there. I'm like, I really don't mm-hmm. want to feel this anymore. I don't want to, I don't want to talk negatively about her. I don't want to talk about her at all. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and I think most people want to feel that. They they get to a place where they say, 
I can't wait when I see this person, I feel nothing. <laughs> That's like always the goal. Or like, I don't wish you harm. I don't, I don't, I don't, I just... I'm blah. I'm neutral. Yeah. That's a Taylor um, Swift song that I I, for, oh, is it? I forgot that you existed. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. There you go. I forgot you existed. But it's harder when you have to see the person and you know that they exist because you have to interact with them. But I always say those are, you know, I think a big thing too is especially when people don't want to forgive, it's because something's happened that's changed their expectation on life. So either you were my best friend and I you know, now I don't have that best friend or you were my husband and now I don't have that husband. And now I'm going through this divorce. And, you know, at least from my situation, coaching a lot of people going through like breakups and divorces where it has to do with like betrayal or cheating or just not good behavior. They stay stuck in anger for so long because life isn't looking the way they thought it was going to look, you know? And I think that can kind of trip you up too. But I think if you kind of come back to like, well, what do I want life to look like? What did I did want life to look like? And could this person have actually been on this journey with me throughout the whole thing? And the answer usually is no, because they weren't right for you. They weren't healthy for you. But the same case can be true of friendships. Yeah. Yeah. She was supposed to be my girl. She was supposed to be my ride or die. And now she's not. And that's life. That ebbs and flows. And you'll find the next soul sister or next best friend. And, and as you evolve, you need to find the people that hopefully are evolving with you. And if they don't, then they fall off. Yeah. And new people are supposed to come in. I'm like a big visualizer, manifester. And I like that idea of thinking, okay, what actually is the relationship that I want? Because I thought Mm -hmm. this was it and it's not. And Mm -hmm. um, focusing some of your energy on that. Like, you know what? I am going to find a friend that will not do those things to me, you know, or like... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and allowing people to leave your life. You know what I mean? Like, And I know that that's brief and it's not as easy as I'm saying it to be. I totally understand that. But I think if you're honest with yourself, and I'm not talking about death grief, because that's something completely different, but grieve, grieve in terms of betrayal, if you understand what it is that you wanted and understand that this person wasn't capable clearly of giving you what you wanted out of a friendship, out of a relationship, whatever, then let it go and find the person that's supposed to come into your life. Like, Like you said, use your energy don't have anyone have control over your energy. Use it for good to kept, like to put yourself in the direction that you need to be going in. Yeah. To find your tribe or your girlfriend or your boyfriend or whatever. Yeah. I like that a lot. Um, yeah. I know we've been talking, you know, mostly about like a situation where we're not communicating with the other person. Like this is all just like the internal work that we're going through. Now, what if it's mm-hmm. a relationship that you really want to mend? Um, you really want to bring them back into your life. You know, what, how do you communicate with that person? How do you open up those floodgates to potentially mend the relationship? Well, I think uh, in relationships, I never hear people having conversations about what does a friendship look like to me? What does an intimate relationship look like to me? Like, there should constantly, especially in marriages, I mean, we need to constantly be understanding, like, what should this relationship look like? When people say, okay, we're about to get married, when I got married, right before we did it, we went to, you know, like pre-Cana and that's what we did, you know, and in the midst of doing that kind of, I guess, counseling or marriage counseling, there was no real talk of what is this marriage going to look like? What does this friendship look like? So I think when you talk about what is the standard now, okay, we've gone through this experience. I'm working on forgiving you. You're working on why you did what you did and your own stuff. And we're doing our own stuff individually, but there has to be like, well, what is the standard of this relationship in terms of like, how am I going to let you in? And 
what does that look like? The little bits and pieces of me like giving you back some trust, giving you back like my insides. Like here, you can see me again. I'm going to share with you again. You know, you kind of have to test the waters in relationships to see did someone really change and are they going to be consistent? But that's the case even with new people in your life. You know, when you meet the new person you're dating or the new friendship, you don't go in the first chat with the girlfriend, like, oh my God, my dad left when I was four and I'm so depressed. No, you like, you know, you slowly over time build trust with that person and then they show you, okay, they're trustworthy and you keep going from there. And it's the same thing even with betrayal. Mm. Yeah, that's so true. I mean, like the whole thing about sharing your insides again when you've been hurt, it's so hard. It's hard, but I think it's, you know, yes, when you have been betrayed, there's going to be a wall up for sure. I definitely know what that wall looks like 100% in terms of trusting other people with my heart and all of those things. But I understand that I have no control other, over other people. Mm-hmm. I know what my standards are in relationships and how I want to be treated, whether that's a friendship or a romantic relationship. I know what I will and will not tolerate. And I'm comfortable with setting those boundaries and enforcing boundaries. That's huge because then you get to dictate. Yes, you don't have control over what someone does, but you do have control over whether or not you continuously allow someone to hurt you or disappoint you or whatever because they're doing these things. And instead of communicating, this is what I would have liked to have happen. This is what I need out of this and da 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 and starting that process, you just go straight from shut down, you know, or just never let anyone in. And so for me, I learned how I learned that since I have no control over everyone else, I only have control over me, then I need to know how to take care of myself. Because if I'm so scared to let someone in, that's because I fear you disappointing me in such a way that I won't be able to like get through that disappointment again, or that heartache or whatever. And I know, quite frankly, that's bullshit. You know what I mean? Like it is. <laughs> you logically sit for a second. Yes, if someone did something to you again that really hurt, would it hurt? Absolutely. But if you go into a car accident, are you never going to go into a car again? Yeah. It's the same thing. You just have to like slowly go, okay, I'm in the car. I don't feel good right now. I'm getting a little anxiety and just work through the fact that like you're in the car and working through those processes versus just never going into a car again. Like that's not the way we want to live life. Yeah. Oh my God. I really like that analogy. That's. That's really, yeah. that's really good. One thing I wanted to bring up to you, because I know we've been using a lot of examples of like, you know, if somebody betrays you flat out or someone cheats on you. Like there's, there, these are situations where somebody is right and somebody is wrong. You know, it's like pretty clear. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times mm-hmm. in, in, you know, in relationships, somebody disappoints us, but then they're also like, well, I did this because you did this. You know, like there's like a mutual mm-hmm. thing where the waters are murky and like you both feel betrayed. And like, if you're, mm-hmm. if you're waiting for somebody to be like, I'm sorry, or you're waiting for an apology or waiting for something like that, sometimes it's not going to mm-hmm. come. So how would you, mend, mm-hmm. how would you go about mending a relationship where like you both feel wrong? Like, even if like for like, I, I've been in situations where I'm like, I'm so freaking angry at this person, but I know they're not going to apologize. Um, mm. And if I want to mend that relationship, like, do I reach out? Like, how does that, how does that look? Is it a text? <laughs> well, I mean, I don't... I think depending on the relationship, you know, like I didn't text my ex-husband and say, hey, you want to work things out and get to a good place, whatever. But I think depending on the relationship, like, yeah, you can be the first person to reach out even if technically you were the one that was hurt. But if someone feels like they were wronged on some levels, then you have to try to understand. In my eyes, 
that's just justification or trying to deflect from what that person actually did. And that's not taking real accountability or responsibility. So that might be some bullshit. Yes. But I do think that, yes, some people really in the back of their mind are going to justify certain behaviors. And then that's okay. But then it comes becomes a difference of character. So if we don't have the same character and you can't really own the fact that what you did was pretty shitty and you shouldn't have done it, like at the core, you know, like, let's just keep it real. Like, yes, was I the most perfect partner, perfect friend? Absolutely no, no one is. But does that give me you reason or justification to do what you did? No. So that's probably not the person that you're going to want to work things out. And there's always going to be this butting of heads because you're not getting any validation mm-hmm. that what they did wasn't okay. And I think validation is probably like, in any relationship, respect has to be first. When people are like, oh, I need honesty and communication. No, you need respect. Because no one's going to be honest with you unless they respect you. No one's going to communicate well with you unless they respect you, right? They're not going to, okay, I'm going too far. And like, because they respect you, they don't want to hurt you. They're not going to be loyal unless they respect you, you know, or, or quite frankly, themselves. But I think, you know, other than that, it, I think it really has to do with more so character. Who am I? Who are you? Do we look at life the same way? And really, I think that that's kind of like where people struggle is probably in wanting the apology, wanting the validation, wanting the recognition. And when someone really doesn't think that they did anything wrong, you're just not going to get it. Yeah. You don't need it. Yeah. You know, I, I had a, a situation where, you know, I had these friends that were family members and they had mutual accusations at each other. Like they were both so angry at each other, but their family, it's like, you know, that they're going to be around each other for the rest of their lives. And it's like, you guys have to work this out. And I think what they ended up doing is they both just came to the table and were like, look, like I know you don't see things from my perspective and I don't really see things from your perspective, but I just want, we need to get over this because we're going to be, you know, in each other's lives um, regardless. Like, is there, do you ever recommend just sometimes being like coming to the table like that and being like, let's just fucking get over it and not really working through the issues? Or do you think that that is something that's just going to turn around and bite you in the ass? Well, again, I think you have to alter your expectation on who a person is, Mm -hmm. right? Like that's probably like one of the biggest things. So I changed my story on who my dad should be and how he should react and respond and behave and my sister, you know, like the expectations I think are huge. So if you can readjust that, a lot of people have a lot of struggle with that. They can't accept that their dad's this way, their aunt's this way, their sister's this way. And so that causes you suffering, not them, because they're still going to be that way. So it doesn't really matter. Change your expectations on that. And then, I mean, yeah, at the end of the day, could you just say, this is what it is? 100%. But I think if you can just alter yourself, like I said, and understand who people are, then you can have a relationship with anyone. It just won't be what you would probably want it to be because they're not capable of being that person. Again, the expectation thing is a huge factor. I think that's actually kind of interesting. Like you can alter your expectation. Like you can still have them in your life and just mm-hmm. know in your head, like, okay, maybe I maybe I don't go to this person with my secrets or maybe I don't yeah. do this, but you can still have them in your life and not, yeah. not be constant, you know, continuously angry with them um, and just alter that. I, I, I kind of, I kind of like that. Yeah. I mean, it would be no different than, yeah. I mean, a hundred percent. I think, look, at the end of the day, 
we just have these, I don't know where it comes from, quite frankly, probably just the way we're raised and like the values and all that kind of stuff is that mom's supposed to be this, dad should be this, a best friend should be this. Like this is, well, best friend is a little bit different, but especially family. There's more of an expectation on family members than there are for friendships because you get to pick those. You know what I mean? Like, so there should be no reason why you have any friends in your life that are terrible. But yeah, if you can't alter dad. So accept who he is and that not every dad is supposed to be daddy's little girl and you know all of these things. And mom's supposed to be the most nurturing woman in the entire world and listen to you all the time and validate you. And brothers and sisters are supposed to always get along. But no, that's not... I don't think that's realistic. And I don't know anyone that has the picture perfect family. So alter your expectations on what people are just capable of doing, especially as you're an, when you become an adult, it's different. When you're a kid, mom's God, dad's God, I should get along with sister. When you become older, you again, you see people for who they are. And it's not about dad and mom. They become just human. <laughs> and you see why dad is the way he is or mom or sister or whoever. Um, and then you can just like readjust. I think it's in the readjustment. You can have a great relationship with everyone. Just you're not going to get what you need from dad. You were meant to get it from Sue. You've known for 20 years or whatever. You know what I mean? You're going to get it in other ways. Don't put so much pressure on your life to have it look the way you thought it was going to look and understand that you're getting everything that you really need right now. Yeah. I think there is um, there is probably so much value and just taking a look at a person who's hurt you and being like, you know what? This is a human being and they're not perfect and like they probably have their own shit and examining that a little bit, I think is probably helpful and forgiveness. Yeah, hundred percent. You because you make them human, and you don't make them into being someone that's supposed to do everything right all the time. Like, yeah, they messed up, they did something wrong, but they're human at the end of the day. Yeah, you know, you just happen to be in the line of fire when it happened. Yeah, um, I think there's something to that, and like giving a little bit of grace because you know what, we're human too, and we're also going to make mistakes. Yeah, but I think you know what, like every you know, you're, we're not Mother Teresa, so we're not just going to forgive and go into the world and continue to give our hearts and souls to every little human being. You want to be her, amazing. Yeah. I honor <laughs> you completely. I'm a normal human, so what I'm going to do is then I'm going to change my expectations on who you are and what you're capable of doing, and I could probably have a great relationship with you once I get past the letting go and the forgiveness, which takes time, um, and then I can have the relationship that I'm supposed to have right now with you. And when grief or mourning or anything comes to the forefront, I deal with it again. And then it flows again and goes away. And then, you know, I think that's a huge, huge thing. Yeah. Um, Are there any other like little tips you would give for somebody who is doing the work, doing all of these things, you know, trying really hard, but they're still like that, they're holding on to that resentment. Is there any like little things, little hacks, little tricks you can do to just learn to release? I would say, I mean, hell, go to the gym for sure if you need to release some kind of anger. But I would say choose your own happiness versus versus this person having control over it. Yeah, what they did sucks. Yeah, the situation you're in might suck. We've all like, I don't know anyone that's never been betrayed. Yeah. I don't care the level of betrayal. Betrayal is betrayal and forgiveness is forgiveness, no matter the severity. So, But forgiveness is just about you and finding peace and not allowing this situation to have any more control over your day-to-day happiness. That becomes a conscious decision that you have to make in the moment of recognizing I'm going down pissed off road Mm -hmm. and getting off it and going into like, all right, let me use my energy towards what I want to feel. Because it's an addiction to go down that shitty road. Yeah. I think that's so true. That's so true. I'm like recognizing that in myself. Um, For you, because I know, you know, you mentioned you obviously went through this 
divorce and this affair situation. And I know that was probably something that was so hard to get to a place where you could co-parent and see this person consciously. How long did it take you? Like, And are you even there yet? I mean, I'm there now. I would say, you know, in terms of time frame, I mean, I know everyone's different. For me, it definitely took a couple of years, but I was in a different situation because I had a little baby. I was under a lot of stress. I, my life wasn't looking the way I thought it was going to look. And I think I stayed, not, not necessarily in anger, but in, in disappointment for a while because, wow, talk about the rug being you know pulled up from underneath me. So I think depending on the, the level of the betrayal that you're going through really determines how quickly you can move through it. But I mean, I, I'm sure there are people out there who've gone through similar things to what I've been through and they're still angry. You know what I mean? So then it became a choice, you know, and I had friends and family going, you should never, I would never, you know, and all that stuff. And I'm like, but I don't want to live like that. Like, this is my life. And like, yeah, you did something to me, but I understand why you did it and you're human. And I think just readjusting my sail on who you are and I don't know, just kind of moving on, you mm-hmm. know, like life's short. <laughs> and so I try to just come from more of a place of now, again, I wouldn't welcome anyone to my home on Sunday for dinner, <laughs> but you know, I think you can have a relationship with anyone. So it took, it just, it took a lot of just being more conscious with, do I want to stay here? Deciding that everything that I feel is actually my choice. Fear, stress, anxiety, anger. You know what I mean? Like, So if I want to feel good, again, I don't need to be happy, happy, happy and mask the fact that I'm not happy right now. That's not healthy either. But learning how to feel everything in a very healthy way and like go through things the way it should happen and not just get stuck through that process. Right. Oh, I think that's that's really good, really good advice and really good insight from somebody who's clearly been through it. So, yeah. It takes work for sure. That was my body was amazing when I was going through a divorce. <laughs> I was at the gym five times a week. <laughs> yeah. That shit really does help. I have to say. It, it does. does. I, what, what is it called? Glow up or something like that? I revenge was body. Reve- the revenge, revenge body. body. There you go. Yeah. I'm so, I'm trying to like get back at it. I'm like, why is going to the gym so hard? And my mom's like, well, you're in a good space. I'm like, yeah. That's, that's right. so true. I'm like, can somebody wrong me again right before? <laughs> so I can get the motivation. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Stephanie Lynn, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, this was so helpful. And I have to say, I mean, you are a great person to turn to at like 2 a.m. on YouTube when you're going through this shit. So (laughs) pimp yourself out. Where can we find more of you? So I am on YouTube, Stephanie Lynn Coaching. Stephanie Lynn Coaching everywhere, actually. IG podcast is Heal, Survive, Thrive. Yeah, that's where I'm at. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. All right. That is a wrap on our episode, guys. I hope this helped. I hope you got some valuable insights from our guest this week, Stephanie Lynn. I know I did. If you want to continue the combo, come on over to the Big Kid Problems Facebook group. I linked it over in show notes. This is one I know a lot of you have experienced before. So I'd love to hear your perspectives or if you have any tips you can share with the group. If you're enjoying this podcast, please, please take a second to hit those five stars and leave a little review. It takes two seconds. And this episode is pretty much almost over. So do it now before you forget. Your reviews and you sharing this podcast with your friends, your fam, and your social networks is seriously what keeps this podcast going. So just know when you do that, you are keeping this pod alive. And I really appreciate it. So thank you. 
I know there are a ton of podcasts out there. So please know that I really do appreciate you tuning in week after week and spending your time with me. Enjoy the rest of your week, guys. And I hope to see you back here next week for a brand new episode. Until then, I will see you next Tuesday.